Judo meets geopolitics as Vladimir Putin makes a rare visit to Europe. Hello from our broadcast headquarters in Prague and welcome to the Power Vertical Briefing, a weekly look ahead at stories we expect to make news this week. My name is Brian Whitmore, host of the Power Vertical Podcast here at RFRL. Joining me in the studio is RFRL's news editor, Steve Gutterman. Welcome, Steve. Thanks, Brian. And also joining us is Glenn Cates, managing editor of Current Time Digital, the digital media arm of RFRL's Russian language television program, Current Time. Welcome, Glenn. Good to have you. Thanks for having me. That was a mouthful. That, that was a mouthful. Your title needs to be truncated. Um, so, so Vladimir Putin heads to Hungary today, ostensibly to attend the opening ceremony of the World Judo Championships in Budapest. Putin's also scheduled to hold a working meeting with Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban, one of the Kremlin leader's rare allies in Europe. Now, this will be Putin's second visit to Hungary this year. His visit in February was met with thousands of demonstrators protesting the, quote, Putinization of Hungary. And during a visit in 2014, Putin and Orban signed a 10 billion euro loan deal with uh, to to expand Hungary's only nuclear power plant. Um, Today's meeting will be Putin and Orban's eighth overall and their fourth in just the past two years. Steve, what do you be looking for? Well, I think that kind of that record of, uh, you know, many meetings kind of sets the tone. And I mean, I, th- I think Putin is looking for a chance to uh, to essentially be in Europe, uh, show that he has something close to to allies in Europe, in the European Union. Um, and he gets a little uh, he gets to show off, you know, his his involvement in judo um, and also in kind of European energy structures in this case. Uh, nuclear nuclear power. Uh, I believe this um, expansion deal that they signed the the loan on that you mentioned has gotten the okay from the European Union mm-hmm. a, a little earlier this year. So you know that's that's uh, and, and I think Putin is going to going to get some kind of honorary award from the the city of Debrecen where the, uh, where, the where the plant is is located near. So you know it's it's just showing he's got a foothold. Um, Get you know gets to meet with uh, with one of his his biggest fans among among the European leaders. Yeah, no, I would add. I mean, on the on the on the nuclear energy piece of that, I mean, this does fit a pattern of Russia's behavior in its former satellites in Eastern Europe. It's trying to get we all we all know about the t- attempts to control the pipelines and the in the flow of gas, but they're also trying to get control of nuclear in- infrastructure. There's a very controversial situation here a couple of years back in the Czech Republic where the Russians were trying to get in get into the Temelin Temelin nuclear plant. A couple other thoughts on this too. I mean Putin and Orban are using each other basically. I mean they're very useful to each other. I mean, Orban, as you noted, Steve, shows that Putin's not entirely isolated from Europe. But Putin also, Orban's also using Putin. He's under fierce criticism from the EU for his rollback of democratic norms in Hungary. Um, And this is his message to Berlin, Paris and Brussels. Like, you guys push me too much. I I, I got other options. Uh, And there are options that you may not like. They're also two like-minded leaders. They've both been critical of the liberal international world order. Um, they're, bo- they're, they're both um, uh, moving in authoritarian directions at different speeds, but in the same in, in the same direction. So I, th- th- those are my thoughts. Any anything? Uh, the one thing that was interesting to me, I was just thinking back to the last time uh, Putin came to visit Orban. That was in February when yeah. things looked a lot different. Trump had just been elected. Yep. There was some hope that you know the relationship with the, with the United States would improve. Yeah. Um, France was still sort of up in the air. What would happen in those elections? So things have certainly changed since the last time. Merkel's, Merkel's position in Germany did not look as solid. So now yeah. Orban is more isolated 
in Europe than he was then. Putin has not gotten what he wanted right. out of the Trump administration in the United States. Very different atmosphere. We'll watch it to uh, to see how it develops today. Glenn, I understand you got some interesting stuff cooking over at current time. Yeah, I mean, we've been following this, this story about a new policy that sort of formulated over the summer in Chechnya, um, where Kadyrov announced a new commission to essentially force divorced couples to get back together again. Akadirov um, uh, has been sort of running this in, in local state media. He claimed earlier this summer that one thing divorce somehow leads to is extremism. Um, and he formed a commission to um, literally track down couples who have split and coerce them back into the same household. A local state TV has been covering this with great fanfare. I think they've reported that uh, somewhere near a thousand couples have gotten back together. Um, but of course, there are, there are many serious potential problems with a, a, a law like this. Um, we've been working with our Chechen service um, to get commentary from people in the region, particularly over WhatsApp. And uh, for divorced women in particular, it does create something of a conundrum because uh, this is essentially perhaps their only chance to be reunited with their own children. Uh-huh. Um, so it's 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 a very difficult situation. On the other hand, there are some people who are saying, you know, this is this is great. It's keeping families together. So interesting, and it's uh, you often have to wonder. There was recently a piece in the New York Times on the so-called Chechenization of Russia and things that start in Chechnya find their way into Russia. This social conservatism. This kind of does fit this strain of social. Well, you know, whenever something like this happens, I, I remind people Chechnya is in the Russian Federation, yes, it and is. this is happening in Russia. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, for some of the women, it may be their only chance to be reunited with their children, but also, you know, some of them may be being forced into abusive relationships. Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously there's serious problems with that. Um, and as you say, yeah, it, it's harder and harder to to kind of understand how, how Chechnya can be, well, essentially why, why I mean, it's, it's easy to understand why Putin puts up with it, but... Um, there are just so many examples lately that, that make you uh, wonder, you know, whether, whether it can go on that way. Yeah, no, sometimes I, th- I wonder if we couldn't just have a podcast on Kadyrov's antics because they, they, they certainly would keep us busy. On that note, we'll wrap it up. That's all we have time for today. I'd like to remind you, you've been listening to the Power Vertical Briefing, a weekly look at ahead at stories making news in Russia. We do this every, every Monday, so be sure to join in. My name is Brian Whitmore, host of the Power Vertical Podcast. Joining me in the studio has been RFRL's news editor, Steve Gutterman, and Glenn Cates, managing editor of Current Time Digital, the digital media department of RFRL's Russian language television program current time that is indeed a mouth mouthful join us again next week and now as always I leave you with the soothing sounds of noise MC 